0: Well, it's good to, again, good to be with you this morning. Um, I, I always count it a privilege to be able to stand in this pulpit and, and preach um, in a pulpit that has uh, truth and love and God's Word that has been preached out of it for 40, almost 43 years will be in, in, uh, in May. Uh, what, a, what a privilege it is to uh, work with our pastor and learn from him and learn from him and um, I hope you're hope you're praying for him and Miss Vicky this week as they're as they're away and she's receiving her treatment. But um, again, I counted a counted a privilege to be able to preach to you this morning. And again, it's good to see each of you here today. Um, let, let's look at just a couple of verses here, and um, before I before we jump into the to the message. Um, so Ephesians chapter five. Again, let's let's look at I want to look at the first two verses uh, just for a moment, and then we'll we'll get to where I'm going to focus in a few moments after that. But again, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. I want you to think about that for a moment um, from God's perspective. All right, think about that from God's perspective for just a moment. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Raise your hand if you are a, a parent. Raise your hand if you're a parent. Okay, A lot of, a lot of parents in the room... Um, I want you to think about two scenarios as parents. When, you're, when your children follow you exactly as you have asked them to do, and another time when you've asked them to do something and they don't follow you. And the difference in those two situations, the, the feelings that, that are involved, and maybe even the frustrations that, that are involved in, in those two scenarios. And let's, let's think about how, how our God feels about us, what he, what he thinks of us. His, his love is never going to stop. Um, we're never going to lose our salvation. But I think we hurt the heart of God more often than we even begin to think about and realize when we don't follow Him. So that's the first question that I want us to consider this morning. Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Are we His dear children not, not because of, of any goodness necessarily, that in and of, our, of ourselves, but are we pleasing Him? Are we a delight to Him because we are following Him this morning as dear children? And then it says in verse 2 and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath give him, given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savior, savor. That, that sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling savor, is His work on the cross. That's a picture of the cross that, that because of His love for us, because of His love, He shed His blood and offered Himself a sweet-smelling savor unto God. And it says, because of that, we are to walk in that same love that we would give of ourselves to others and for him because of that love. Now, tonight I'm going to talk more about that. I'm going to talk about our walk in love. This morning though, I'm going to well, let's drop down to verse 8 and as as you can see on the back of your bulletin there the notes and the title is this exact phrase from verse 8. This morning I'm talking about our walk as light. All right? So beginning of verse 8 says, "For ye were sometimes darkness but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So you got two, two very specific things about our walk. Walk in love, which is mentioned in verse 2. But then what we're going to cover and be specific about this morning is verse 8. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. I want you to, want you to think for a moment. Um, our, our pastor did a message a couple weeks ago, I believe, on, on the new year and, and refocusing ourselves for, for this new year. But we're, we're just basically two weeks into it, 15 days in, into this new year. And I want you to think of for a moment about 2022, this, this last full calendar year, 12 months, 2022. And I want you to think about your light as a Christian. All right, Think about your light as a Christian. Now first of all, let me, let me say this, if, if you don't know for sure that if you were to die today, that you were on your way to heaven and, and could point to reasoning from God's Word and Scripture and give us a reason as to why you were saved, then this past year you, you could have no light. You couldn't be a light because the light has not been lightened inside of you. And I want you to consider that this morning. If, you, if you're not sure that you're on your way to heaven, if you're not sure that you're saved, we want to we help you with that today. We, at the end of the service, if, if you're not sure of that, there'll, there'll be a, a, a lady, a, a man up front here that will be able to help you and show you, know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. That, that's, that's more important than anything um, this morning, that, that you know for sure that you're saved. But for those of us who know that, who know that we're on our way to heaven, Let's think about our, our light. How, how bright did our light truly shine in 2022? I'm going to say more about this, obviously, but you know, we, we say a lot about how dark our world is. We, we say a lot about the mess that our country and our world is in. But the, the fact of the matter is, the darker that it is out there, the brighter and, and better testimony that we can be as Christians. And if our light is dim barely shining or, or even close to dark, then we're, we're making no difference. We're not doing anything that the Lord has called and commanded us to do as Christians. And that's really what I want to focus on this morning. I want to I see what we once were. I want to see what we are. And then I want us to consider what we're doing with what we are this morning as light. Okay? So, so number one, I, I want you to see, first of all, darkness it's it's who we were darkness it's who we were if if you're saved this morning if you're unsaved this this is still who you are unfortunately and and compassionately i am asking you to come to him today if if that if that's not the case all right if 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 darkness is not a thing of the past for you then come to the light today but it's it's who we were and I just have a one bullet point here that I, that I want to make, make some points about, and it's just our darkness. Our darkness. Look at, look at what this says again, and it's the title of the message. Verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 5, it says, For ye were sometimes darkness. Now, don't be, don't be confused by the word sometimes. All right, That doesn't mean that you were darkness part of the time or you, sometimes you were light, sometimes you were darkness. Before you were saved, what, that is, what that's referring to is at that time. At some time. At that time, you were darkness. Now, let's, let's pay very close, close attention to the wording here. It doesn't say, for ye were sometimes in darkness. It says, ye were darkness. By our, by our very state of being and our fallen nature because of our sin, We weren't in living in darkness, we literally were the darkness. And to know that we have been brought from truly being darkness to being light is an amazing thing, which we're going to talk about more this morning. Okay, it says, For ye were darkness. You know, have you ever have you ever been in a in a cave, you know, maybe on a tour or something, mammoth caves or some other cave system here in in our region, and, and the guide just turned out the lights okay? And it's just pitch black. I mean, so, so dark that you, you wave your hand in front of your face and you, and you can't see your hand. Um, that, that's the type of darkness that we once were. Just darkness that can be felt. And just to truly illustrate this this, this morning, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Max turn off all the lights, okay? So don't be alarmed. They're going to come back on in just a few moments. But I really want to I want us to think about this and what we were, okay? Now, it's pretty dark. There's a little bit of light. There's a little bit of light seeping in, okay? So we, so we can see a little bit, and I'm actually going to cheat and turn on my flashlight here. But the, look, this, think about this darkness that we're sitting in right now. This is, this is not comfortable. This, this is not a, not a place that we want to spend a whole lot of time in uh, unless we're, you know, asleep. You know, I'm, I'm one that when I sleep, I like it to be dark, um, but this, this was us prior to being saved. This is who we were before we came to the light. Before we realized we were sinners and needed a Savior who, who shed His blood to make payment for our sins. This is who we were. This was life before we asked Christ to save us. Blind to God. Blind to His Son. Blind to true meaning and purpose for our lives. Blind to anything truly meaningful or eternal. There was no hope, no satisfaction, no real security in the next steps of our lives because without Christ, we could do nothing, we were nothing, we could see nothing truly. Remember that that this was not us in darkness. It was much worse than being in darkness because we were this darkness. Listen to what John chapter 3 and verse 20 says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Or in other words, exposed. The Bible also says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Dead to the light, dead to God, dead to His precious Son. If we would have died in darkness as this, in our sins, we would have heard those dreaded words, I never knew you, depart from me ye that work iniquity. All right, now, how many of you would like to have the lights turned back on? <laughs> I was going to say, if you raise your hand, I can't see you, so I guess we'll have to stay dark. All right, Brother Max, thank you. You can turn those back on. All right, That's, that's better. That's much better. I don't know, maybe you'd just rather hear my voice than look at me this morning. And... <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is, we didn't want any part of the light, now that we can, now that we can see Until the Lord called us to salvation. And that that calling comes to every single person. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. So at one time, at least once in your life, the gospel has been presented to you. The grace of God has been shown to you. And we have a decision to make. As As we were dark as we were the darkness, many of us in this room this morning made the decision to become the child of light. Child of light. We have the choice to come to the light and, and into the light or to reject God's saving grace and remain darkness now and forever in eternity. I want you to listen to what First Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 9 says, Know ye not, "...that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God." So in other words, all those types of sins, all those types of people that are unsaved, they, they die in those sins. They are those sins. But I love what I love what verse the beginning of verse eleven says, but such were some of you. But such were some of you because of our decision that we made to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, it leads to to point number two, we become light. We become light. It's who we are. It's who we are. And, And we should all be able to say an amen to that this morning, that we are light. And I want you to see, in the first, the first point here is, the light of Christ has been lit in us. Again, ver, uh, chapter 5 or verse 8 in Ephesians that we've been looking at, it says, but now are ye light in the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 5 says this, ye are all children of light, and the children of the day, and we are not of the night, nor of darkness." Matthew 5, 14 says, Ye are the light of the world. You know what, what a privilege is this next point. What a privilege it is to be children of light. I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 26 for a moment, and then we'll and then we'll come back to Ephesians. But I want you to see this. I love, I love these verses. <clears throat> this, is, this is Paul, who is Giving defense before Agrippa. And, and Paul, <clears throat> excuse me, begins to recount his conversion experience on the, on the road to Damascus. And I, I want to I start in verse 13, but we'll, we'll focus on verse 18 here for a moment. Acts chapter 26, beginning in verse 13. And this this is Paul speaking unto, unto Agrippa. He's, he's been captured, he's giving testimony of, of his life, he's giving testimony of, of how he came to salvation in Jesus Christ. It says this, Acts 26, 13, At midday, O King, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, And saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. In other words, Jesus is saying, Look, it's you're not going to be able to accomplish something that is impossible to accomplish. You need to just stop and give in. Verse fifteen, and and I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Verse sixteen, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Now, I want you to think for a moment for those of us who were saved this morning. Think about that moment that, that you received Christ as your Savior. Think about that moment just for, just for a second here. Think about the circumstances, who was involved, your, your condition before and then your condition after should have been something completely different. And Paul, Paul is recounting exactly that right here. All right, it says, verse 16, but rise and stand upon thy feet. You know that when we're saved, that's what we can do every single day. Not physically. Obviously, most of us can stand physically. Some can, some can't. But we can all stand spiritually because of what Christ has done in us. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. All right, God has called us unto His salvation for a purpose. We are saved for a purpose. To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen. So what we experienced, what we witnessed, what we saw, so to speak, not that we got a vision, obviously, but what, what we saw in our spirit when we, when we became saved that day should be something that has affected us so heavily that we can't help but go and tell and be a testimony of it. And of those things in which I appear, which I will appear unto thee. Verse 17, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee. So so the very, the very people that that would now become an enemy to Paul, he was going to be sent unto to open their eyes, as verse 18 says. Look at verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now let's, let's look at each of those phrases very quickly here. Okay. So what a privilege it is to be children of the light. And there are six phrases that I just want to highlight very quickly here. First of all, number one, Paul, Jesus says to Paul here, our eyes are open. To open their eyes. When we become saved, when the light gets turned on inside of us, we can see spiritually. We can discern spiritually. We can make decisions. We can interpret. We can, we can interpret people. We can interpret situations in our lives. No longer can we, do we see through the dirty lens of our self, of our flesh, of, of, our, of our selfishness and sin, but now we see through the pure and perfect lens of the holy and righteous God of the universe. Now, how do we see even more and more clearly as we grow as Christians? We, we see it through His Word. We have to live our lives through the lens of God's Word. Every single situation that we are in on a daily basis, every decision that we make is no longer my decision, but it's God's decision. And it's a decision that's to be made through the lens of His Word. And if we're not in God's Word every single day, just, just a, gathering and gleaning a little bit from His Word every day, then, then that, that, those, that perfect lens that we have that He's given us will slowly become darkened again. Okay, remember, let me go back to what we said at the beginning in Ephesians. It says, for some time ye were darkness, okay? Ye were darkness. But as children of light, we can place ourselves back in the darkness. That doesn't mean we become darkness. We're still light. It just may be so dim that no one can even tell and know. We can place ourselves back in the darkness because of the way we live our lives. So we have to be in God's Word. It, in, in, the, in that same chapter of Ephesians, let me, let me turn back there for just a moment. It says, it says this, and it's actually talking about it in terms of the marriage relationship. But verse 25 of, of, of Ephesians 5, we'll come back to Acts in a moment. It says, Husband, lo- Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. And then it says in verse 26 that He might sanctify and cleanse it, the church, us, with what? The washing of water by the Word. All right, God's Word is our cleansing factor in our lives. If we're going to see clearly, if we're going to be able to spiritually discern, if we're going to be able to know God's will in our life, we have got to be giving God's Word, the Bible, what it deserves every single day. We have to. We have to. And for when our eyes are opened, you know, the, the Lord doesn't give us perfect vision. He, he expects to, to make it more and more clean and more and more pure every day when we wash it with His Word. But, thank the Lord, our eyes are opened instead of being blind. They're no longer blind, they are open because of that. Now, back, at, back to Acts chapter 26 and verse 18 again. So number one, our, our eyes are open. And then number two, and this is really the theme of what I'm talking about today, we are turned from darkness to light. Praise, praise the Lord from being our, our complete position is absolutely changed. We are, we are translated from darkness to light. And, and that, that process happens in a, in a moment. The moment that, that we put our faith and trust in Christ and accept Him as our Savior. The moment we are translated from darkness to light. And we're going we're to continue to talk about that. So let's go to the next phrase. Uh, the, the third thing. We are removed from the power of Satan unto God's power. We are removed from the power of Satan unto God's power. You know, what a, what a scary, scary thought it is to be under the power of, of the enemy of this world. The enemy of this universe. But before we were saved, we, that's, we were a child of Satan. We were a child of the devil. But the moment that we got saved, we became a child of the king, the child of light. And, and that, that power of Satan was removed from our life. Now, we can, again, remember, we can still place ourselves back in the darkness. We can still allow Satan to influence us. We, our spirit cannot be affected. We will never, ever lose the quickening of the spirit in us. We are saved, and, and we're, the, the Bible says it's an eternal salvation in Hebrews. So our spirit will not change, but our, our flesh and, and our emotions, our soul, can still be affected by Satan. So we have to be very, very careful that we don't allow ourselves to be put back into darkness and influenced by Him. But at the moment that we are saved, we are removed from the power of Satan unto God's power. And praise Him for that. Fourth thing that He says in this verse is our sins are forgiven. Our past, our present, and our future sins have been washed away. They are gone. As far as the east is from the west, into, into the depths of the sea, our sins are gone. Amen for our sins being gone. It, it, sin is, is the stain upon every human being. And I, I heard this, I, I believe it was Johnny Pope, that was, I was listening to a, a message of his the other day, and, that, and it said this, he said this in his message, there, there is more mercy and love and forgiveness in Christ Jesus than there ever was sin in us. And it's amazing to think about that. The love and mercy and forgiveness of the Lord that He gives us because of Him and who He is and gives us a, clean, a cleanliness that we don't deserve. But we are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. They're gone. The payment has been made. The debt has been canceled. The fifth thing that is mentioned in this verse, we are guaranteed an inheritance. Oh, this is so special. We are guaranteed an inheritance. I, I love what 1 Peter chapter 1 says about this. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. You can write that down. I didn't have it in the notes. But listen, just listen to what it says and then you can look at it again later. And I, and I think you'll know it. But it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope, By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and then here it is, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved for you in heaven. What an inheritance we have to to be able to enjoy and experience one day, literally in the presence of our Savior. You know, the the word paradise is, is used several times in, in the Bible, there's a lot of words that are, that are used to describe heaven. Of course, there's heaven, there's paradise, uh, there's a new heaven and a new earth, new Jerusalem, new earth that's talked about. Um, there, there's a lot of words that talk about heaven, but that, that word paradise is an interesting word. You know, paradise is, is a place, it, it, is, it is heaven, but paradise is also a person, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. You know, when, when we go to paradise one day our inheritance yes the streets of gold the all, all the things that are described about heaven in the bible is going to be amazing and wonderful but i think far above any of that we'll just be able to be in the presence of our lord and savior his presence is paradise really more than it even is a place he is the paradise he is the place it's him and we'll get to spend eternity with him I love, I love the, that last five words of of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Reserved in heaven for you. It's reserved. Your ticket's been punched. Your, your voucher has been turned in. It is, it is reserved for you. Nothing can change that. Amen. Nothing can change that. Praise, praise the Lord for it. And then the last the last thing um, that I that I want you to see from Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, the last phrase we are sanctified. We are set apart. God has set us apart. And I, I want to give you another verse in First in Peter. I, I love how First Peter 2.9 describes this. He describes us as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. This is, this is what we're set aside for. A holy nation, a peculiar people. For what? For what reason? Then he says, "...that ye show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness." Into his marvelous light. So again, why what we're a chosen generation, we're a royal priesthood. All right, why why is it why is it royal? Because we become literally adopted into the family of the king. We, and, and not only that, we are given all the rights and privileges of an heir to the throne of God. Think about that. It's, it's just if, if that doesn't make something well up inside of you, I don't know what, do, what will. That we are royalty in Christ. It's, it's amazing. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. Again, for what reason? That ye should show forth. We're set apart to show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness and into this marvelous light. So, that, that leads specifically into this third point, which is which is really what I, I'd like to focus pretty strongly on. This, this la- the last ten minutes or so here is number three: a dim or bright light. It's it's our choice. So we have darkness; it's what we were. We have light; it's what we are. And now a dim or bright light; it's our choice. And I want you to notice God's teaching here back in Ephesians. So let's go back to Ephesians 5. And we'll work our way through the rest of this this passage and and look at some things that that God is trying to teach us concerning our walk as children of light. All right, the first thing that I want you to notice is that, first of all, our our walk as children of light. Our walk as children of light. I want you to, again, notice with me in in verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 5. Here's what it says. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. You know, there's an interesting piece of the definition when you look up the word walk in verse 8 here. It says, to make due use of opportunities. All right, that's our walk, to make due use of our opportunities. And also, it, there's a, another part of the definition that says to prove our abilities, to prove our abilities. In other words, God is telling us here that if, that if we are saved and truly children of the light, that we need to take every opportunity that is presented to us to be as bright as we possibly can. It, it has to show, it needs to, to show, not, not just on, on Sundays or Wednesdays, all day, every day, we are to take the opportunities that are given to us. When we, when, when we interact with people on a regular basis, do they, do they sense the light that we have in us? Is, is there no mistaking that we are a Christian? Are, are they almost blinded, so to speak, because of the light that is exuding from us? Or, or is the light so dim that we look no different to them than the darkness of the unsaved. That's, that is convicting to me. There, look, there are, I'm going to talk more about this. In, in verse 16, it says, redeeming the time. You know, we only have so many opportunities for our light to shine bright. Every opportunity that, that we push away or we miss because our, our light is so dim that it can't be seen, that's an opportunity that's lost and we will never have again. There's going to be a time when we have had our last opportunity to tell somebody about the Lord. There's going to be a time when we have have had the last opportunity to be a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, we don't know when that last opportunity is going to be. It could be this afternoon. I could could drop dead right now, and and this is my last opportunity to share anything about God's Word. We, We just don't know when that last opportunity is going to be. And that's what that phrase, and we'll say more about it in a minute, redeeming the time is so important. We have to redeem our time. We have to cash in on what God has given us. So, so very important. We are to walk as, as children of light, and that is to redeem the opportunities that we have. Verses 9 and 10, let me just mention this briefly. When our light is shining bright, the fruit of the Spirit is on display. The fruit of the Spirit is on display. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. I, I just spent a, a portion of last year in our Sunday school class teaching on the fruit of the Spirit and applying it to our lives and our marriages. And, and one of the things that I, that I mentioned several times is, is, you know, one of the most telling times in, in our you know, daily, daily walk that's really going to have the fruit of the Spirit show up is, is when we're kind of pushed and poked a little bit. When we're frustrated. When, when things aren't, aren't going so well. When, you know, when we've had a bad day at work or we just got done with a bad phone call or, or whatever the case may be. You know, how are our interactions following that type of a situation? When we're poked, does, does love and joy and peace and long-suffering come out? Or does the opposite come out? Does anger frustration, wrath, all of those things come out. Lord, help us Help us this morning to let the fruit of the Spirit be in full display. And then it says, righteousness and truth will be at the center of all that is said and done. And this, this truly, what verse 10 says, proves to us and to the Lord and everyone around us what is acceptable unto the Lord. Okay, so A, he's teaching us about our walk as, as children of light. Now, the second thing that, that I think he is teaching us here is is that light cannot mingle with darkness. light cannot mingle with darkness. look at look at eleven through thirteen and, and this first phrase is really the telling one and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. in other words, expose, expose them. Now does that mean that we go around walking walking around calling out people' sin no that, that's we're, we're not supposed to degrade anybody and you know call them wicked and do all these things but the way that we live our lives our light should be an exposing factor to everyone that is around us our testimony should be a conviction to those around us who don't know Christ that's what it means to reprove them verse 12 for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret you know, one, one thing that we, that we like to do, um, even as, as saved people, is, is kind of glory in our past sins. You know, I don't, I, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but, you know, we, there, there's a fine line between giving a testimony about where we have come to where we are now, and actually glorying in, in what we used to do. We need to be very, very careful about that. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret or in the dark. All right, we got to be careful about that. Yes, I think our testimony is important. Where we came from is important. Being able to use our past to win people to Christ is a tool that God gives us. But glorying in it sends everything in the wrong direction. We can't glory in it. Verse 13, But all things that are reproved, or again exposed, are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. You know, the word, the word fellowship, in, in verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, literally means to, to share in company with, or in other words, to not share, because it has no fellowship. It says to share in company with, to, to, to co-participate in, to communicate with, to be a partaker of, so we are not to partake or even be in communication or association with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, we have to be able to communicate with people so that we can get the gospel to them. But we should not be communicating in a manner where we get involved with whatever it is that they're doing. All right. Again, remember, we, are, we, we sometimes go out and are in the darkness, but we are no longer of the darkness. We're no longer the darkness. We need to be the light so that they can see it and come to Christ. Um, listen to what 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 22 says. It says this, "...lay, lay hands suddenly on no man." neither be partakers of other men's sin. Keep thyself pure. Think about what it means to be our, 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 sorry, a partaker in someone else's sin. That means we associate ourselves with it. That means that we endorse it. So for example, we, we may put some things before our eyes on our phone or on the TV that is clearly sin. And then we continually come back to it. and We say, well... You know, it's, it's just on the screen, it's just on the TV. Well, we're, we're a partaker. We're, we're endorsing it. We're coming back to it. The whole process places us in darkness rather than light. Paul, Paul goes as far to say again in verse 12 to not even speak of these things that are done in the dark or that, that are done in privacy or in secret. We are, we are to reprove sin, to, to expose it, to refute it specifically. To bring them to light. So that, that, that is so very important as well. And I want you to see the third thing. Our light should be bringing others out of darkness. Verse 14, and that's what verse 14 is all about. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you this morning because right now you're dead spiritually in your sin please don't leave this room, this, this building today without settling Without settling, becoming a child of the light, a child of the King. And again, I, in a few moments when we do our invitation, there's not going to be anything that will embarrass you. We just want to talk to you about it and help you with it so that you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. And do what verse 14 says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. That's what He'll do. All you have to do except Him. And we'll, we'll, we'll show you how to do that. more than happy to do that. So, the next thing. Be aware and wise. God is teaching us here through our light that we have to be aware and wise. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. But as wise. Be aware, in other words, is what He's telling us. Walk circumspectly. Head on a swivel. You know, when I when I was in high school and I, I played basketball, um, I was coached to do this, and also I, I coached um, others when I, when I coached basketball, that when, we, when you're playing defense, when you're on the defensive end of the court, that you are supposed to be able to see the man that you are guarding and where the basketball is. All right, You are to see your man and the basketball so that your man doesn't get away from you and so that the ball doesn't get penetrated to the hoop and you need to help and stop him. Your head needs to be on a swivel, constantly looking back and forth to your man and the basketball. All right? that, that is how we're supposed to walk. We are to be sober. We are to be vigilant. Why? Because our, our adversary, as a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to destroy us, especially as Christians. He wants to destroy our testimony. He wants to destroy our walk. He wants to do everything he possibly can to make Christianity, Christ, and God look bad. That's what He wants. That's, his, that's all He is out to do, is to devour us. And if we're not walking circumspectly, if we're not walking aware, if our head is not on a swivel, so to speak, then, then we're going to get taken. We're going to get defeated. We need to walk circumspectly. We cannot let our guard down for one moment. Do it, And we, we are to do it precisely, and exactly, and diligently. That's... That's even more about what the word circumspect means, to do it precisely. We need, and we need to be wise enough to know that we only have so many opportunities, again, to allow our light to shine, which leads us to what, we've, what I've kind of already mentioned this morning. E is there, there's a sense of urgency of the hour. There's the sense or sense the urgency of the hour. That's what verse 16 talks about, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Again, we only have so much time to do what's right. It's, it's so simple to think about it that way. We only have so much time to do what's right. But that, that truly is the bottom line. We only, we only have so much time to witness to our neighbor. We only have so much time to win our lost family and friends to the Lord. All right. Again, our time could be done in an hour. It could be done in a minute. It could be done in a couple days, a couple weeks. We don't know when our last opportunity is going to be Matthew 5.16 Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Again, Christ cashed in His body for us. He shed His blood for our sin and we need to cash in every opportunity we are given to minister, to witness, and to encourage people in the Lord. All right, and then the last thing this morning, when our light is shining we have a better understanding of God's will. And that's exactly what verse verse 17 is talking about. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The the light of Christ reveals to us His wisdom, and in so, we begin to have the mind of Christ. We begin to see things as God sees them. We we begin to, to feel we begin to feel as God feels about sin. In other words, we begin to abhor it. It disgusts us. We, we see the unsaved as created beings that are in need of the Savior. And we take advantage of the urgency, the opportunities that we have to share our light with them. When Christ reveals His wisdom to us and we accept it and use it, it gives us insight into everything and all that is around us. That is knowing His will. Whether, whether or not we should do or not do something, say or not say something, who to associate, who not to associate with, where to go, where not to go, what our next steps are in following what the Lord wants for us, living in the light of Christ reveals all of that. He doesn't always give us the, the entire complete picture, but He gives us the next step. Every time, the light is shown on the next step. And when we take that step in following Him, He'll, he'll continue to light the path for us. When we live in the light of Christ, His will is known. We see it and we can follow it. So our, as, as we're considering here and, we're, and as, we're, as we're finishing up, are our lights dim or bright? It's, a, it's just a simple question. Are our lights dim or bright? How did, how did we do this, this past year in 2022? Do we we need to replace our our bulbs this morning, so to speak? Maybe for 2023, we need to get rid of that fading, dim, old incandescent light and upgrade to that bright LED that will honor and glorify Christ. Have we allowed our flesh, ourselves, our selfishness, to make the light of Christ on our lives so dim that it can't really even be seen anymore? Have Have we placed ourselves... Back in the darkness. Look, let's purpose this morning to shine bright in the world that we live in. You know, we're constantly, again, we're constantly talking about the mess that this world is in. But again, it just gives us a great opportunity to shine brighter and brighter for the Lord Jesus Christ. How, How are we truly doing with this this morning? Let's be honest with ourselves this morning.